Hi, I'm Pastor Guy Burke. We welcome you to this week's worship with First Baptist Church Indianola. We also invite you to find out more about us at our website, www.fbcindianola.com. And don't forget to like us on social media. Join us now as we study deep truths from God's holy word. Miss Jackie, for leading us this morning in that time of music, I want to invite you to take your copy of God's word and turn to the Gospel of Luke. Today we're going to begin in the Gospel of Luke chapter 8. Uh, we're going to have various verses this morning, but this will serve as home base for us uh, as we move forward. And we're going to finish up our series, uh, Womanhood and the Gospel, or the Gospel and Womanhood. Uh, we've had a couple of sermons the last couple of weeks uh, on that. Uh, if you haven't uh, been here or haven't been able to catch up on that, you can catch up on our uh, Facebook page or also our podcast. You can check that out. Uh, but we're going to begin in Luke chapter 8. Uh, this morning, once again, I want to say thank you for everyone tuning in and listening today. Thank you for taking time to be with us here at First Baptist Church in Enola. You know, the other day I was driving my daughter somewhere. Uh, I can't remember where since I take them so many places these days. Maybe there's somebody that can give me an amen for that to testify out and, and, and remember what that's like. Um, but I, I tell them that I'm Uber dad, that they should leave me five stars. Uh, don't worry, they don't think that's funny either. It's okay. Uh, but I, we were driving somewhere, we were by the, the park close to our house, on the street next to our house, uh, and we drive by and we see that one of the, the trees has, has changed colors. And she just noted how pretty that the tree that was changing colors were. We got a, I've got an image of that, so you turn there. So this is the pretty tree. I was on a walk the other day, so I took a snapshot so that uh, we could be visual together this morning. Uh, and so we drove by this tree, and this tree's uh, leaves had just changed, and they were a beautiful color. The picture doesn't do it justice, but I think you get the idea of what we're talking about, because people will take journeys to go see foliage, right? Uh, you know, we'll, 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 t- we'll spend time and money and gas and all kinds of stuff to get to places where the foliage is beautiful, whether that's the mountains or up in New England, northeast, wherever it might be. We will take time to go and, and see foliage during this time of year. You know, here in the Delta, we have pretty trees like this, but we're also running the AC. You know, so we'll, we'll just take uh, solace in that the, the, the trees are pretty, right? Uh, one, one's better than the other. But we'll take time and money to journey to places to see this foliage. And, and, and this beauty, it attracts us. It is attractive to us, right? When we drive by it, when we see it, when it's displayed before us, it makes us want to go to those places because it's so beautiful and it's such a special time of year. Well, I want to introduce you to someone this morning. Maybe you know, maybe you've heard of her. Her name is Mary Magdalene, and there's a beauty about Mary Magdalene. Now, we don't know any physical features about Mary Magdalene. Uh, God's Word doesn't illuminate that to us. We don't know how tall she was. We don't know what exactly what her facial features were. Now, I'm sure there's art that depicts this or there's Images out there that would depict what she might look like. But from God's word, we do not know exactly what Mary Magdalene looked like. We don't don't know her features. We don't know her stature. We don't know exactly a whole lot about her. But what we see and what I want you to see together with me this morning is that there's something very beautiful about Mary Magdalene. And that is her devotion. Her devotion to the Lord Jesus speaks to the beauty of this relationship. It speaks to who Mary Magdalene is. And what we're going to see together as we journey, we're going to see this inner feature of devotion within Mary Magdalene and how this blossoms, this blossoms throughout Scripture. And and this beautiful devotion is beautiful because it's deep. 
It's not surface level, right? If you know anything about Mary Magdalene, she was, she was saved by the Lord, but then she followed the Lord faithfully. And she had a deep devotion. You see, winds had come in Mary Magdalene's life. And the winds were going to get harder and stronger as she walked with Jesus. And we'll see some of that in a moment. But even though these strong winds came into her life, her devotion was deep and it was rooted in faith. And it's through this devotion she fulfilled her purpose. And that leads us to our big idea for this morning. And so if you don't hear me say anything else today, hear me say this. Devotion to Jesus never leaves us devoid of purpose. Devotion to Jesus never leaves us devoid of purpose. And so Mary Magdalene is, is our biblical figure for today. We're going to see three exhibits as we journey with her through Scripture. Three exhibits and principles from her life that I believe when applied to uh, lives of women or men, that this kind of devotion should be attractive to us. It should be something that is exemplified in our life. So the first one comes from Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. We see that Mary displayed devotion at salvation. Mary displayed devotion at salvation. And this, what, this is what's recorded in Luke's gospel. Afterward, he was traveling. So he's speaking of Jesus here. After he, afterward, he was traveling from one town and village to another, preaching and telling the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sickness. Mary called Magdalene. Seven demons had come out of her. Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod Stewart, Susanna, and many others who were supporting them from their possessions. So Dr. Luke informs us here that Jesus has been on a preaching tour. Now at this point, in this stage in the game, if you will, there's a lot of opposition to Jesus. There's a lot of folks, there are religious leaders and others out there that they don't particularly like Jesus. But it didn't stop Jesus from fulfilling his earthly ministry and mission. And so he's going from towns and villages, and he never had to, he never had to find a crowd. A crowd came to hear him. So he's on this preaching tour, and the 12 are with him, and he's continually, continually going and wandering to these places to preach about the kingdom of God. Now, we see from Luke's gospel and his description that women are also part of those that are going with Jesus and following Jesus. Included were women that he had healed. He had healed them in some capacity, according to Luke. And so what we see happening here, if we take a side note for a second, we see that the ancient day rabbis did not allow women to be part of their cohort. Rabbis typically... And almost in every case, 100% of the time, they did not allow women to come alongside them to learn what they were teaching. But that's not what we see from Jesus, right? Not only did Jesus heal these ladies, but he brought them into the story. He brought them into the gospel story. And I think this goes back to what Valerie shared with us last week. If you were with us last week, Valerie Morgan was here, and we had a dialogue and talked about a couple of different things. And one thing that she noted in the story of Mary and Martha was how Jesus spoke directly to the women. And then we noted that the woman at the well is another example of Jesus speaking directly to a woman. And the disciples coming back saying, now, what's going on? Why are you speaking to her? 
So not only did Jesus speak directly to women, but the gospel says, and what we learn from the gospel of Luke, is that not only did he heal them in ways that they physically and spiritually needed healing, but he brought them in to serve. He brought them into the story. And ladies and even gentlemen, Jesus wants to bring us into the story, the gospel story. He wants to graft us in into the grand story that we see in all of Scripture to point others to him, to live for him, to be devoted to him as we see Mary Magdalene was. Most notably in this passage is Mary Magdalene. Now you may be thinking, well, is that just a double name? We are from the Delta. Uh, not really. No, not a double name. It's kind of like when we say Jesus of Nazareth. It just points out where she's from. So when we think about Mary Magdalene, the Magdalene part is, a, is something that distinguishes her from other ladies that were known as Mary. Popular name during that time. And so Luke records it as Mary Magdalene. And he makes a very specific description of Mary Magdalene, right? He gives a very specific intentional description. That, and he, he lists her first and he notes that she was saved from seven demons. Seven demons. Now Mary Magdalene in history has kind of been unkind to by certain people and individuals. Oftentimes she's depicted in ways that she was immoral, that, that she was living this life of immorality, and then she was brought out of that. But we don't actually learn that from the Bible. The, the Bible doesn't share with us that she was living an immoral life or, or into something such as prostitution or something like that, and then she was brought out. That, that's, not, that's not shared within the Scriptures. But what we do see is that Jesus healed her from seven demons. And it's very specific. And scholar Leon Morris notes this. You can see the quote on the screen. Luke says that seven demons had gone out from her, which shows that Jesus had rescued her from a very distressing existence. But there's no reason for connecting the demons with immoral conduct. They are more usually associated with mental or physical disorder. So what Luke shares with us, and the fact is, is that Mary's devotion is birthed from the deletion of her distress. Mary's devotion to Jesus all comes about because the distress of her life was deleted by Jesus. He healed her not only physically, whatever that looks like, not only did he heal her physically, but he healed her spiritually. Now that directs us to all of our need, whether we're female or male, we all have the spiritual need of being rescued. Did you realize that? That because of the sin in our life, that places, places us at odds with our Heavenly Father, with God. He is a holy God. We sang about that holiness just a few minutes ago. He is a holy God, and sin in our life, it separates us from Him. And we need to be rescued from our sin. We see that Jesus rescued Mary Magdalene. Guess what? Whatever your distress is in your life, whatever sin you might be struggling with in your life, Jesus is the hero of the story. He is the one to rescue us and pull us out of that, to delete that distress, to bring us into hope and into light and into life. And that's what he did for Mary Magdalene. 
You see, Jesus was her Messiah, and she was bound to him by faith. So at salvation, we see this devotion begin to overcome Mary. She was devoted, and she was not going to go in a different way. She was not going to go a different route. Her story was going to be part of Jesus' story, and we see that here from the Gospel of Luke. Her physical healing, it unlocked a spiritual healing for her. It was the one that she needed, and it's the one that we all need. And it brings about deep devotion in her life. And remember, devotion to Jesus never leaves us devoid of purpose. So in this moment of salvation, it actually moves her and her story into living out her created purpose, a life devoted to following Jesus. Not only is that noted that at the very beginning of this passage in Luke 8, but Luke gives us some, a, a little bit of more description, a little more details here at the end of the passage. He shares with us a little bit of how Jesus' ministry, earthly ministry, was financed. It was actually by this group of ladies that had been healed by Jesus, were devoted to Jesus, were serving alongside Jesus, that they supported his earthly ministry. So don't miss that. Let's not just focus in on Mary Magdalene, but let's see the, the bigger picture as well. That she was devoted, but there were some other ladies coming alongside of her that were devoted. And they were serving Jesus and they were helping meet some of the financial components of his earthly ministry. Now that may sound weird to us. We don't necessarily think of Jesus' earthly ministry and finances together, right? But we know, we know from Scripture that Jesus' ministry bought gifts for the poor. And we know that they also had to buy food as they were going around to different places and Jesus was preaching the kingdom of God. And we see that part of that financial component here is that the ladies are coming and they're serving out of their means or out of their possessions. You see, they had a role. And their role was birthed from their devotion to Jesus because he had rescued them. He had brought them out of what was holding them down. He had brought them out of their physical and spiritual need. And he had brought them into spiritual life. And now they were devoted to the Messiah. They, they were faithfully following, faithfully serving, and faithfully giving of themselves as part of the gospel story. And for all ladies, and even for us guys, that's what we're called to do. We're called to deep devotion. We're called to serve a risen Lord that has saved us from our sin. We're called to give and serve him and sacrifice for the mission of God. We see this from Mary. We see it from the other ladies in this passage. But this scene is not the only scene that Mary Magdalene was on stage for. If you turn over to Luke chapter 23, if you have your Bible with you, you can turn over. We're going to read verse 49. Luke chapter 23, verse 49. If you have your device, you can swipe over there real fast and we'll read it together. But we see that Mary displayed devotion at the cross. So Mary displayed devotion at her salvation. She was healed from seven demons. And being devoted to Jesus, she followed him all the way to where she was present at the cross. And she displays this devotion here along with the other ladies as well. Luke 23, 49. 
Luke records. But all who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Now, what were they watching? They were watching him be sacrificed. They were watching him as he was beaten and flogged. They were watching him as nails were driven through his hands and through his feet. They were watching him as he was being risen upon the cross in that moment. They were watching these things. But they were there. They were there. Why were they there? They were there because they were devoted to him. He had saved them not only from their earthly needs, but he had saved them in their spiritual needs. And their lives were going to be bound to him no matter what the cost was. Their lives were going to be devoted to him no matter the season or what time of year it was. Their, their lives were going to be devoted to him no matter what the cost was. Their lives were going to be devoted to him and they were going to be present no matter what they had to see or what they had to endure. Their life was going to be devoted to him no matter what was happening with the government. Their life was going to be devoted to him because of who he is, the risen, risen reigning Lord. He was their Messiah and they didn't know he was about to raise himself from the dead, but he was going to. They were devoted and they were present and they were there for Jesus because of who Jesus is. So even at the cross, Mary Magdalene showed this devotion. She was present in his darkest moments. Think about this. Luke says that Jesus freed her from the darkness of seven demons. That's what Jesus did for her. How could she leave Jesus in his darkest moment when he had removed the darkness from her life? How, how could she walk away from Jesus in his darkest moment as he bore the wrath of, of God for our sin? How could she leave him in that moment when he had saved her from her darkest moment? You see, when Jesus performs the miracle of salvation in our lives, it calls us to this deep kind of devotion where we would be present wherever he leads us, wherever he goes. And we see that happening in the life of Mary Magdalene. We see that the one that battled with demonic influence is in, in helped her and saved her. We see now that when the volume is turned up on the cosmic battlefield, that she's present and devoted to Jesus. And that speaks to women today within the church. It speaks to us guys and gentlemen today in the church. This type of devotion to a Savior who's worthy of it. Imagine, imagine her being present then, right? Imagine her witnessing that. Imagine her looking on to the cross to see what was happening. Put yourself in that position just for a moment. Mary Magdalene, she was emotional. She was heartbroken. She was devastated. She may have even felt defeated as she looked on. As she looked on at from a distance and she watched these things happen. She may have felt defeated. Maybe you're carrying that backpack into this place today. Or maybe as you listen today, you're carrying that backpack where you feel defeated. Or you feel heartbroken. Or you're emotional about the winds you're facing in life. They're blowing against you. 
and you can't get traction, it seems like. Well, Mary understands that. She understands that at the deepest level. And what Mary did was that she stood there devoted to Christ, following Christ in the midst of when it seemed like defeat was imminent, she was still present and devoted to Jesus. Friend, don't turn away from Jesus. Turn to Jesus. Don't turn away from devotion to Christ. Turn to the cross. Because what we learn from Mary Magdalene is a devotion of being present even in the midst of what looked like defeat. Because she knew that he had changed her and she was devoted to that. But what she didn't realize was that he was about to change everything for all of eternity. And friend, I want to encourage you this morning that if you feel defeated, if you feel heartbroken, if you feel alone, there is a Savior that can change everything. There's a Savior that has come. There's a song as you look behind me and you see the, the decorations There's a song that says, a baby changes everything. And as we head towards Christmas, the the reality and the truth of it all is, is that he has changed everything, and he can change your heart, he can change your life, he can bring that same release and forgiveness in your heart and your life, and he can move you to hope, hope of eternal life. And Mary was present when it looked like everything was falling apart, but she she put down the book of being defeated, and she followed even to the tomb. So I want to encourage you today, don't get caught up in the chapters of the book of defeat. Turn to the one who's never lost. And that's that's where we end up. We end up at the tomb. Mary's devotion carried her even further than the cross. It carried her to the tomb. And that's the last place we're going to end up as we see this exhibition in the life of Mary. Mary displayed devotion at the tomb. So look a little bit further in Luke chapter 23, just a couple verses down. Luke chapter 23, verses 55 through 56. The women who had come with him from Galilee followed along and observed the tomb and how his body was placed. Then they returned and prepared spices and perfumes, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. I want to share an additional verse with you from one of the other synoptic gospels from the gospel of Mark. Mark records this in Mark chapter 15. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, were watching where he was laid. So there's the specific component there. How did we know Mary Magdalene went further and that she went to the tomb? Well, the synoptic gospel, there's three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And so Mark notes that Mary Magdalene was there to see where he was laid. And Luke gives us the details of obedience in their efforts. They were following in obedience to what they knew to be true and what they knew to be right. And we see that Mary displayed devotion even at the tomb. It exemplifies her obedience even in Jesus' death. She was there at the final burial place of Jesus' earthly body. She helped prepare the burial elements. And then she even obeyed to rest on the Sabbath. I mean, think about that for a second. All this is transpiring. This this whole scenario is playing out. And she's probably thinking about all the things that could happen to her, all the things that could take place with the, the disciples, everything that's going on. But in that moment, she was obedient to even rest on the Sabbath according 
to the commands of the Old Testament. You see, she showed her devotion even at the tomb. She loved her Savior so much she was going to take care of the body that was on the cross and now laid in the tomb. She loved her Savior so much she was going to follow in accordance, in obedience, even to what the Scriptures taught about the Sabbath. Her devotion was evident from the moment Jesus liberated her to the moment she met him outside the tomb. She didn't even realize it was Jesus. She didn't even realize it was Jesus in that moment. But then she was awakened to the truth that Jesus had risen from the dead. And she became one of the very first evangelists. So think about this. Rabbis didn't allow women to come alongside the group to learn. But in the story of the gospel, the first evangelist is a woman going out to share that Jesus is risen from the dead. So when you think, ladies, about your womanhood, think about the gospel. Man, when you think about your manhood, think about the gospel because Jesus was no slouch. He was no wimp. Think about him. He walked into the teeth of what was waiting on him in Jerusalem, and he didn't turn back. So whether you're female or male, man or woman, when you think about your manhood or you think about your womanhood, you think about the gospel because it centers us on how to be devoted and how to be obedient and how to live out who Christ calls us to be. And in multiple scripture references, we see from Mary Magdalene this deep devotion. This devotion is what disciples are called to do. It's part of our purpose. When we think about that tree I showed you earlier, and we think about this time of year, whenever we see a tree like that this time of year, with multicolored leaves, we have to remember that's part of its purpose. That as the leaves change and as the leaves fall, it's going through a cycle, right? This is part of the purpose of these trees. It's going through a cycle. These leaves fall and discarded to create room for new leaves to grow. It's part of its purpose. Friend, male, female, man, woman, part of our purpose is to be devoted to Jesus. And as we live out this devotion... We glorify him and we fulfill the mission that he's given to the church. So remember our big idea for today as we close. Devotion to Jesus is never devoid of purpose. Devotion to Jesus is never devoid of purpose. If you will devote yourself to Jesus, if you will devote your life to Jesus like Mary Magdalene did, if you will live out that kind of devotion, your life will line up with the purpose that God has for you for the glory of his name. And that's what I want for you today. As we conclude this morning, I want you to display deep devotion to Jesus in your life. I want you to follow by faith. I want you to give out of gratitude. I want you to serve no matter the cost. All of these and more. It's in these actions and this type of devotion that your created purpose will be not only experienced by you in your story, but it's something that's presented to the world. And that presentation lifts high who Jesus is. And as disciples, that's who we're devoted to. We're devoted to him no matter the cost. Let's pray together. Lord, we bow before you today and we thank you for the depth of your word. 
We thank you for the example that we see from your word in Mary Magdalene. And I pray that whether it's for females here today and they think about their womanhood, or even for men today as we think about manhood, that it would remind us of the gospel. And the gospel would show us how to be men and women of Christ. And that we would be devoted from the very beginning of our faith journey all the way to the very end. Even in the midst of feeling defeated or heartbroken, we would keep that devotion. And through that devotion, Lord, you would be glorified above all. Lord, there may be one here this morning, there may be one listening today. And they've come to realize that they do not have a saving relationship with you, Lord Jesus. That they're trapped in their sin and they need a hero to rescue them, to break the chains of sin and to bring them out of darkness and into life. Your word says that the wages of sin is death. And that without you, Lord Jesus, death comes. But your word shows us that you loved us so much you went to the cross so that we might have eternal life. There's one watching today, I pray they would use the comments and type in faith. We can follow up with them as a church leadership or send us a direct message wherever they're watching from. Send us a message so that we can connect with you and share with you more about what it means to follow Jesus. Lord, I pray for the ones here that have the backpack that's heavy on them this morning backpack of stress or despair or depression or heartache and I pray God you would help them turn away and take that off turn away from that and turn to you and be more devoted to you God to know you more and to see you work to see you answer prayer to see to see you bring freedom from all of that and rest for a weary soul Lord as a church I pray that we would be a people that are devoted to you to live for you, on mission for you, that, that we're not going to leave a building right now in just a few moments, but we're going to be sent out as your people to be devoted and to exemplify your grace and to speak the truth of the gospel in the circles of influence you've given us, God. Lord, it's in these moments we ask that you would speak and that we would hear, and not only hear, but that we would follow in obedience to the glory of your name, Lord. We commit this time to you, and we pray this in your precious name. Amen.